0: Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. We're going to be talking about are we pleasing the Father? Are we pleasing the Father? Look with me in verse number 8. Verse number 8. Listen to some of these words here in this chapter, the the middle part of this chapter. Verse number 8 says, But then indeed when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. But now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and the beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. Brethren, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. You have not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity I preached the gospel to you at the first. And my trial, which was in my flesh, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Have I therefore become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. They zealously court you, but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous in a, good th- in a good thing always, and not only when I am present with you, my little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I have doubts about you. It's a pretty strong language there The Apostle Paul gave the Galatians church here. And uh, we know from, and, I, and we talked a little bit about this last Wednesday night, the Galatian church uh, was, was in trouble. They was in trouble of, of going back from where they came from, Brother David. And so Paul here was trying to, trying to cause them to get some thinking, trying to do some uh, soul-searching, really, of of where they are. And he said, you know, once you, once you knew Christ, once you learned Christ, how come then that you turn aside from that? Why do you want to turn aside from that? And, 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 and I told you earlier about the, the churches, and, and one of the main problems in some of the pastors that I've talked to uh, over this past week, and it's been, and, I, and we've done this before in, the, in prior weeks. So one of the main problems that they're telling us is that, that people, the, con, the, the congregation, the laity of the church, is, is feeling like that they have no need of church anymore. They have no need of God anymore. They have no need of relationship with God anymore. And let me stop here and tell you this. If, if you don't get nothing else out of tonight, then let me tell you this. You need God. You may not need me, but you need God. Are are you understanding me? Uh, You know, you may not not need uh, programs and all the things that maybe churches have to offer, but you better not leave God. You need God in your life if you plan to make heaven your home. And we have to ask ourselves this question, you know, Pastor Danny, are you pleasing the Father? Sunshine, are you pleasing the Father? Teen, are you ple? You know, we have to ask ourselves: Are we pleasing the Master? Are we pleasing the One in whom we're supposed to be serving? Right now, we all know this: that if you work in at a, at a public job, you have a boss, you have a CEO, you have you have somebody that's over you. If you're if you're not doing things that pleases him or her, if you're not fulfilling the job maybe that you were hired to do, it's not going to be too long before they. Before they relocate you somewhere or they just relocate you out of that somewhere where you're at, right? Because they need somebody to fulfill the obligation that you was hired to do. In the same sense, you know, as parents, we love it when our children do the right things, right? We love it when our kids do the right things. Matter of fact, it's school, as we said earlier, we have started school, and so in a few weeks, uh, you, some of you school teachers here, you know what I'm talking about, you'll be, you'll be giving out report cards, you'll be giving out grades on tests, you'll be giving out these marks, uh, uh, whatever you call it, and so parents love to get uh, good, uh, parents love to see their kids getting good report cards, getting A's and B's and all of that, now we know that all the kids are not going to get those A's and B's, but we, love, we still love to see our children performing academically, and when Paul wrote this letter here to the, to the church of Galatians, the Galatians here was, was going backwards. They were regressing spiritually, if you will. And, uh, and, and he wrote this because of the love of the Father that he had for them. And, and he wanted to let them know and remind them one more time, hey, you need to understand, you have been redeemed. So don't, don't overlook that. You've been adopted into the family of God. So don't overlook that. You've been redeemed. You've been adopted. So don't overlook those things. And, 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 and some of the things that I get out of this, this chapter here is, I'm going to talk about two or three of these things, is number one is this, is Jesus Christ, our Father, knows or wants us to know Him. Everybody say, know Him. Now, I know we've heard about Him. I know we've listened on the radio about Him. I know we've watched television programs maybe about Jesus. I know we've listened to, to messages about, about the Lord, our Father. But can we answer this to ourselves? Do we really know Him? Now, l- l- now, w- when I say that, don't 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 fly over that because how many of you, uh, B- Brother Keith, how long have you and Carol been married? Thirty-nine years. I should ask Carol, Sister Parker, how long have you and Brother Forty years? Uh, uh, Deborah, how long have you and Ronnie been married? Thirty-five years. Uh, uh, anybody been married longer than forty years in here tonight? All right, I've I've been married. I think I'm going on. I can't remember now. Thirty or thirty-one years. So I'm 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 close behind you, but now I'm, I'm I'm far away. But now here's what I want you to understand. When I got married, and you guys can testify of this too, I thought I knew Karen. I thought she knew me. And the reason that that I feel like I had the upper hand, y'all know my story. When I, when we was growing up, Karen, uh, her family, her dad was a was a minister at that time. They moved off to Jackson tennessee to pastor a church and karen was a senior in high school she didn't want to go change schools and so she moved in with my mom and dad we wasn't dating at the time and so she moved in with us and so i, I can't remember how long Vonda may remember i can't remember how long she lived with us a year or two years before we started dating and and all during that time sister ruth i thought I knew her. Why? Because she was with me every day. We were good friends in, in school. We, we went out to eat lunch together, all of those things. Matter of fact, we, you know, she's going to a class reunion. I had to go pay that money today to go to that class reunion, you know, and uh, you know, to meet see, see see some of her other friends and all that. But, but I thought I knew her. And so when I finally asked her, we dated about four years even after, after that. So maybe five, six, seven years we knew one another, you know, before I asked her to marry me. And I thought, well, this is not going to be a no-brainer. I'm not going to have any problem here. I know this girl. She knows me. But I'm going to tell you something. When I moved out of the house and she moved out of the house and we moved in with one another, I didn't know her like I thought I knew her. There were things about her, and there were things about me that, that we were finding out about one of those little, those little bitty things, those, those things that we, that we didn't even think about, you know, of, of maybe how they slept and what they sounded like when they slept, what they looked like of a morning, how their breath smelled when they woke up of a morning, how, how you know, all these things that, that you finally learned about your spouse. And, 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 and after 30 years, I'm going to tell you something. I can stand here tonight better than I can 30 years ago, said, I know her tonight. Now, you guys have been married sometime, 39 years, 40 years, whatever the case, you know each other because you've spent time with one another. The Lord here, Paul here is trying to get these guys from the Galatians to understand, you've got to know him. It's not just a matter of, of just knowing who he is. You've got to know him. You've got to understand who he is. And Paul said here, when you, when you did not know God, You were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. Some of you remember when before you were saved, you were serving serving the enemy, right? Now you may not have stood up and said verbally that I'm serving the devil, but basically that's what you were doing because you're not following Christ. You can't have two masters, right? It's either God or it's either either the enemy. But Paul said here, "When when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather that you are known by God, then why do you want to turn away from that? This Greek word here for know is a word, it's, it's E-I-D-O, which is E-I-D-O, if, if I pronounce that right. It simply means to know intellectually. There's another word for know that is used here in the scripture. It's G-I-N-O-S-K-O, which is, which is, if I pronounce it right, genosko, I guess. I don't know, maybe Sister Poole can pronounce these words better than I can. And this is, in verse 9, It simply, this word means to know personally. So the first one, eido, means to, to, to know intellectually. The other one means to know personally. In other words, the Galatians had progressed from ignorance, from not really knowing really who God is, other than what Paul had told them about it, to, to know him intimacy, to know him with intimacy. We have been there. You, you know what I'm talking about. You know God, many of you. You know God in, in an intimate way tonight. You love him, and he loves you, and, and you're able to fall in love with one another. As when you were dating your wife, and your spouse or your husband, you begin to have that love relationship. And now that you've been married 20 and 30 and 40 years, you, ha- you know them with intimacy. You, you, you know all about them and you love them. That love grows each and every day. And so it's important even for you and I as parents, even if you and I as husbands and wives, that that we have a bonding time with one another. As parents, we want a bonding time with our kids. You know, we want to read with them or play with them or whatever the case may be. And sometimes we feel like that we're too busy to do that. But can I tell you, it's so important that we bond together. And when you look at that within the body of Christ, how many would agree with me that it's so important that we bond with the Father? We bond with the Lord. We bond with the relationship that he has for us. We don't ever need to get too busy spending time with Jesus, right? We don't ever need to get too busy. If, we don't, if we're not too busy spending time with our kids and spending time with our spouse, we definitely don't need to be too busy as we spend time with the Father. Are we growing closer to God tonight? That's the question. Are we growing closer to God or are we growing away from God? In talking with some of these pastors and, and, and looking at churches and all of that, and mom and dad is down, is down home to the family uh, 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 church reunion. Uh, they're having a home coming down there this coming week, and so they're visiting people down there. But they've got issues and, and, and conflicts and problems in churches in Mississippi as well, as we do in Arkansas. But are we growing closer to God? Are we drifting away from Him? You remember Sunday night, if you was here Sunday night, Dad talked about a, an anchor, right? And he said if you're in a boat and you throw that anchor out and there's nothing to catch the anchor, if it's a sandy bottom and that wind is swift, it's just going to be, it, 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 it'll take you, it'll just keep you, keep you going down the stream. But if you have an anchor to, to attach itself to, it'll stop you in the midst of that flow. Well, are we growing closer to God or are we just drifting in this mindset That everything is still going to be okay. Everything is still going to be hunky-dory. I don't need to do this, and I don't need to do that with God. I'm, I'm just going to drift along, and everything will be fine. But I'm going to tell you something. It won't be fine. We have to have our anchor attached to the Father. We have to have our anchor attached to the Father. So our Father wants us to know Him. The second thing is this. The Lord wants us to live like children who love Him. To live like children who love Him. Not live like slaves who fear Him, but live like children who love Him. Now, I don't have to tell you this. You see the news just like I do. We, we read all the time about, about moms and dads, how they're giving their children up. They don't love them. They'll put them in garbage dumps. And they'll put them in trash sacks. Or they'll, they'll abuse and, and all of these things that will be going on. I was so excited. That I went to Walmart today, and I had to pick up some things uh, this afternoon, and you remember the little girl, Sister, Sister Mary's uh, great-granddaughter, Paris, that we've been praying for? I saw her today at Walmart. She was up walking around. She was up standing. She still has some, some wires in her mouth, but she was able to talk. And Brooke, her mama, said, Paris, this is the guy that came to visit you and had prayer for you at the, at the hospital. And she was able to speak to me. She said, I just want to let, let you know I thank you, and I appreciate that. And I told Brooke, I said, I want you to bring her to church. i got to get her standing up in front of the church because I want our church to see this little girl in whom we were praying for. Now, she still has surgeries that she's got to go through, but many of you remember that they told them that it was going to be three months. Three months for this little girl to be in the hospital. But two weeks later, she come out of the hospital. That God miraculously touched her. And we give God praise for that. I'm telling you, God is still on the throne and God's still doing some things. But are we still growing with God? Are we still growing with God? And he wants us to live like kids that love him. Kids that love him. Now, those of you that has kids, those of you that has grandkids, you want them to love you, right? You want them to love you. Now, you've heard me talk about our granddaughter. She was a papa's boy, but she's changed now to a nana's girl. Now, I don't like that, but she's changed. She likes nana more than she does papa now. But still, just the other day, you remember me telling you several months ago how, I can't remember how old she was when, when I walked into her house, and, and Karen was walked in first, and she was like this, and the little and Elo had her arms up, and she was running toward Karen, and she bypassed Karen, and she come to me. Y'all remember me telling you that a few months ago that happened the same way here just the other day again. I was tickled to death, but it didn't take her long to get out of my arms and get in Nana's arms again. She likes her, she likes Nana, so we love to be we love to be feeling like that we are loved by our children. We it, it, we all we all enjoy that, but but our father wants us to live. Like like children who love Him, not running from Him, not afraid of Him. Sometime, sometimes we treat God like He's going to He's going to chastise us. He's going to beat us if, if 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 we if we come to Him. The God that we serve is is He not a God of love? Right? Now He doesn't like us doing the wrong things. We know that, but all, the Bible tells us all we've got to do is ask forgiveness and come back to Him and run back to Him, and He's faithful and just to forgive us. Amen. So how is it? Paul said that you're turning back to those weak and miserable principles that you left. And so, and, and he basically says in verse 9, do you, do you want to be enslaved to them all over again? Do you want to be enslaved to them? Do you want to be enslaved to them? When we look at this word turning, it gives us, it gives us the idea of, 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 of a conversion and repenting, turning from where we were, right? Turning from our sin, turning from the junk that we, was, that we were involved in, and turning to Christ. Repent, Acts 3, 19 says, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Verse 19 says, Repent and turn to God. Another translation, that your sins will be wiped out. And this is what I like about this verse, so that times of refreshing will come. Turn from those things so that times of refreshing will come from the Lord. First Thessalonians 1 and 9 says, For they themselves report what kind of uh, reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and the true God. And then you look at this other word that we use sometimes in in church lingo is this word called apostasy. Apostasy is just simply leaving the faith. You were there one time, but you've left the faith. I'm telling you, church, listen to me. We're living in a day and time, and we're living in a culture today that men and women every day are leaving the faith. By staggering numbers. Staggering numbers. Churches that used to be full every week are no longer full. Churches that used to be on fire for God are no longer on fire for God. Churches that used to love coming together and worship the Father are no longer seeing it necessary, Brother Adam, to do that. I'm telling you, we're living in a dangerous time. A dangerous time. We don't ever need to stop coming and loving and drawing closer of the lord amen matter of fact listen to this listen to this scripture it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them of them the proverbs are true the proverb remember this a dog returns to what to his vomit think about that that's sort of gross isn't it i don't mean to really gross you out but have you ever watched a dog do that isn't it gross a dog returns his vomit, and a sow that is washed comes back to her wall. A sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. You can take a pig all you want to clean him up, put a bow on his head or her head, but she gonna go back to the mud because that's what pigs do, right? So, so when you look at this in the area of our relationship with God, there was at one time in my life and your life that we wallowed in the mud of the miry clay. There was at one time that we were were waddling around in our junk. Matter of fact, the prodigal son, he woke up one day in the hog pen, right? And he said, hey, the the servants in my my dad's house, they eat better than I do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go back. I'm going to ask forgiveness. And it's a beautiful picture here of of, of repentance and redemption and all of that. But we have to be that way. But we're living in a day where many, many men and women are leaving the faith. And here's what's, here's what's alarming to me. When I talk to some of these, and I get a chance to, you, you already know, there's people comes by the church all the time, and I just, I just talk to them. And when I ask them, do you go to church? No, I used to go to church, but such and such happened, and such and such happened. And sometimes it may sound like it's a legit thing, but many times some of the excuses that they give me is unbelievable. And I'm thinking in my mind, are you telling me that you're going to miss heaven because of this. Is not a relationship with with the Father not that important for you? That you're going to miss a relationship and miss heaven and miss the rewards that the Lord is preparing for you over this little simple thing. Now, I could call out all kinds of things, but I don't want to do that tonight because it may hit several of us. But the truth about it is this, our Father wants us to live like his kids that love him instead of fearing him. We don't have to fear the Lord, amen. We don't have to fear. So the Galatians here had turned, and and this is is what the problem was, the Galatians had turned from paganism, but then they were considering to turn to Judaism. In reality, they were just simply turning back to the weak and the miserable principles that that they had come from their former life, turning back is in this present tense. They, they've not even yet completed the turn, Paul was saying here. You've not even turned all the way that you need to turn for Christ. And yet now, you're willing to go back a little bit. I've often wondered, and I'm not pick, I'm try, I'm trying to pick on anybody tonight, but I've often wondered, why does it seem like and 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 I think you'll understand this. We're, you know we're a Pentecostal church, and so you know I love Pentecostal services. I love praying with people, and I love I love the shout, and I love all of those things. But why does it seem like sometimes that we come down to the altar, and God blesses and God touches in a in a phenomenal way, but yet we'll get up and we'll leave, and the next day we have the same problem going on occurring. Why is that? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why is it that that it seems like that we can't get god to really take care of that situation is it because we won't let go of it is it because that we just won't release just just 100 release the problem that we're carrying or the burden that we're carrying i i tend to think sometimes it is Instead of so just giving it to god we we carry we carry that that weight upon our back and and even we get up with it and we carry the burden back to our pew and god said don't do that leave it at the altar let me let me take care of it and the galatians here they were turning they were turning their back they were turning their back so, are we enjoying, do you remember this statement right here, or this question, rather? Are we enjoying the position that we have as God's child tonight? Are we enjoying the position that we have? I'm not, and I'm not necessarily talking about a, a title that God may give you. You know, we, we sometimes get hung up on titles of pastor and teacher and, and Sunday school you know, leader and all. You get, get that out of your mind. But are we enjoying the position, our relationship? Let me, let me break it down where we can understand a little better. How many of you have, have ever known parents before have a favorite child? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. <laughs> You've heard that statement before. Oh, well, there's a, there's a favorite child now. Now, we, we poke fun sometimes about those things. But in reality, I've met some, I mean, honest to God, true moms and dads that had a favorite pick. And you could tell it with the other ones, the other siblings. You could tell it in their actions. You can tell it in their behavior. You can tell it in their joy of how they, how they responded to the favorite child. You know what I'm talking about? That ain't my message tonight, but I'm just, trying to, I'm just drawing you where we need to be tonight. You can, you can tell that. There, there's, there's a difference there. There's a difference. Well, are we enjoying the position? Because here's the cool thing. God don't have a favorite child. He likes all of us. He loves all of us. But are we enjoying the position that we have in Christ tonight? And if not, then what are we going to do to get to where, we, to where we need to be? So our Father wants us to love Him. Third thing is this. The Lord wants us to love our brothers and sisters. We have brothers and sisters in the room tonight. Our Father wants us to love them. What's happened to our joy? What's happened to our contentment? What's happened to that? Verse 15 and 16, the Bible says, I can testify that if you, if you, have done, if, if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me, He said. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? I said, look, I'm just just speaking the truth to you. So now, because of that, am I I now becoming your enemy? In verses 11 and 12, he tells us the problem, and he makes his plea. He said, you've done me no wrong, he said. You've done me no wrong. When we hurt one another, we hurt our father more. When we hurt one another, we hurt our father more because as, as brothers and sisters together, are we not supposed to love one another? Are we not supposed to get along with one another? Well, there's some areas I could go right here, but, but if I know when I go here, you're going to say, Pastor, being hard tonight. He being hard. I'm going to tell you, I, and this is just recent stuff that has come up. But as, as God's children, when we hurt one another, our hurt comes, or we hurt our father more. So are we treating one another with the kind of love that he wants us to treat one another with? Are we treating because are we treating one another, some, somebody better than the other because of their looks, because of who they are, because of what they do for us or not do for us? Are you following me? Are we treating them the same way with love for one another? Now, we, we, know, we, we all know about this. When I was a child, Vonda lands Vonda here tonight, so they can testify this. When we was kids growing up, we fought. I love to fight with my sisters. I love to whoop them. I love to get the upper hand in the best of the, the best way that I can because I don't know when next time Dad would let us do that. So I wanted to get the blow in. When we was children, we'd done that. But as adults, we don't fight physically no more. But what about what about envy, with us adults? What about what about bitterness? What about those unkind words with one another? And on and on we could go. What about the backbiting that that us adults do? See, a lot of times Christians doesn't really get into physical fights a lot of times with one another, but we are guilty of other sins if we're not careful that destroy unity and the brotherhood and relationship of who we are as, as, uh, in Christ. So are we pleasing the Father? Are we pleasing the Father? Are we promoting unity in the family of God, or are we just going the opposite direction? Because our Father wants us to love our brothers and sisters. Fourth thing in closing is this. Our Father wants us to become like our older brother. He wants us to become like our older brother. Verse verse 19 talks about until until Christ is formed in you. A lot of times we can't do it until Christ is formed in us. Because a lot of times in the flesh, we can't do those things in the flesh. We get upset in the flesh, right? We get aggravated in the flesh. We get mad in the flesh. We get angry in the flesh. But until Christ is formed in us, Romans 8:29 says for for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We've talked a little bit about par- excuse me about parents and children. All parents want their kids to be mature and grow up to be mature adults. Well, the father's goal according to Ephesians 4:13 is that we may become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He says here in another translation, he says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature and we attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's our goal. That's what what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be maturing in Him, are we not? That's what keeps healthy churches today. And I I, I told you earlier about the churches for a a particular reason. I want you to understand. And I'm not saying that this is all the reason for these churches to be in conflict and and to be separated and fragmented. But in some cases, this is the case. Because we've got to be mature in Christ. We've We've got to reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son. It's not about necessarily what I know and you know. It's about what He knows. And are we willing to follow him in the light of the gospel? Are we willing to follow him in the light of the scriptures? Are we willing to walk, even though sometimes, sunshine, I feel like my feet's getting stepped on, and he's hitting me between the eyes. You know what I'm talking about. And he's really, he's really doing a number on me. But if I can change that, the way I'm looking at that to understand, Brother Keith, he's growing me. He's helping me to learn some things. He's helping me to understand some things. He's helping me to see those areas that I don't see myself growing those things in me if i can do that then i'll grow in the unity of the faith i'll grow in the unity of the faith i'll grow in the unity of the faith in the knowledge of the son and when i do that bible says i'll become more mature spiritually mature and i'll attain the whole measure of the fullness so the question is are we increasing in Christ's likeness are we pleasing the father are we doing those things that he can be pleased with as his son and as his daughter are we are we being pleased by him? because with the father, our father knows best, does he not? He knows best when a child becomes an adult he sometimes sometimes they they uh they defy mom and dad's word right how, how many of you uh how many of you went through this 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 thing of growing up like I did sometimes? You know, there was a certain age that I was that I didn't think mom and dad knew anything, right? They didn't know nothing. I, was, I just couldn't wait to get out of the house because then I can, I can do all things the right way because they didn't know anything. Now I've come to find out they knew everything, right? <laughs> but there was a time where I felt like they didn't know anything. When I'd ask dad questions and ask mom questions, they'd give me these answers like, what are you talking about? You don't know anything. So sometimes we defy those parents' wishes. And parents are sometimes, we, we let's, let's, be, let's be honest, sometimes parents get even wrong sometimes when it comes to their kids. I've done wrong things with my kids at times, and I've had to apologize in the air of discipline and anger and all of that. But when our Heavenly Father, He knows best for us. How, how, how do you know that? Because He wants us to know Him. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to obey Him out of love. He wants us to love His other children. He wants us to become more mature. And so we close with this question tonight. Will you make the Father's desires your desires, or is it all about you? Will I make His desire my desire, or is it all about me and what I want? Am I going to listen to His voice, or I'm just going to take part of what He has to say, and I'll do it the rest of the way my way? Because I can tell you this, and I've already learned this from experience Every time that I do that, I find myself in trouble. Every time that I don't follow 100% the way that he wants me to go, I find myself in trouble and missing a nugget that he wants to give me, missing a level that he wants to take me to, missing a word that he wants to give me because I choose to do it my way and not the right way. Now, I don't know, I don't know if you enjoy this sort of thing or not. I'm going to close with this, but sometimes I'll get bored and I'll, and I'll turn the... Uh, I'll turn YouTube on, and I like watching these these mostly guys because sometimes guys are idiots. But anyway, I will watch these guys do these do these stupid things on YouTube. You know what I'm talking about? Riding bicycles off houses or doing jumping off of houses or you know I, I can't. There's a there's a whole mess of them. And so I watch that, and you and you watch them. They'll fall and you know they're hurt, and I'll just laugh. And when Karen's around me, she said, "Why are you doing that?" I said, I don't know, it's just funny. I said, these guys are just, they're, they're destroying their body. They're breaking arms and breaking legs. And, they, and here's the thing, this, this is my point. They know better, but they do it anyway. I watched a guy the other day, Terry Reno. Terry Reno from our church posted this. It was another guy. Y'all see it? This guy at that work that, that ate this ghost pepper. Did y'all see that? I don't know what a ghost pepper is, but apparently it's, it's, bad, it's bad to the bone. And they was daring one another, eating this little ghost pepper. And this guy put this ghost pepper in his mouth, and he sat there for a little bit, and he was fine. But after about 10, 15 seconds, his facial features changed. He began to slobber, slava come out of his mouth. And he was getting hot. You could tell that something was going on on the inside that he said, this is not what I needed. He knew better, but he did it anyway. And he asked for a drink of water and he gets this water and, the, and they say, I don't know, but the water just makes it worse. And he took this glass of water and he, you could tell he was, just, he was on fire. And he was just, and I'm thinking, and then, and then Lisa, she put, men are idiots. <laughs> I wanted to comment so bad and say amen, but I was a man. So I didn't want to look stupid and ignorant. They knew better. And Paul talking to this church told them basically that you guys know better than this. You know better than this. Why do you want to turn and go down the same road that you come from? Do you not remember where you come from? Do you not remember what it what it cost you? Do you not remember all the agony and the, and and and, and, and the, that you had to go through and all the joy that you have now? Why would you want to give that up to go back from where you come from of, of, of not paying attention to, to, to when you knew the Father, you know Him. He's yours, and, 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 and you're His. Why do you want to go back on that? I can tell us tonight, in 2016, men, women, whoever we may be, why? Why do we want to go backwards? Why do we want to go backwards instead of falling? You, go, you, you, you can think of people in your mind right now, from this church and maybe family members and others, that's no longer here anymore. And they're not not living for Christ. They're not doing what they need to be doing. And the question has to come, why? What what was so bad that caused them to turn from their relationship with Christ and not serve God anymore? Not walking in fellowship with God anymore? Are we pleasing Him? Are we doing what He wants us to do? Am I living my life, sunshine, the way God wants me to live my life? Am I pleasing Every morning when I get up, and when God looks down at me, is He pleased with what He sees? Is He pleased with what He sees in you and I? Amen. Something to think about. Isn't it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight. We're so we're so uh, thankful for you being in our hearts, you being in our life tonight. And, and God, there are times when we have to ask ourselves those questions to keep us on intact. In, in, uh, in, in We have to ask ourselves those questions. Are we pleasing you? Are we doing everything that we need to do that would honor you to lead others to Christ? Or are we being a stumbling block to others? Are we living our life to where that joy of the Lord and the peace that your word says passes all understanding and kindness and love just comes out of us? Or are we living our life where it's just like the world? Are we allowing the little things of life to take us down a road that we don't need to be on? Or are, are we enjoying our fellowship with you and growing stronger day by day? God, I pray that for us that are here tonight and even others that's not able to be here tonight, I pray that we can testify and we can say that of ourselves. Help us, O oh Lord, to grow in you each and every day. Help us every day to wake up with a, with a new zeal. Help us every day when we get up to wake up with a, with a new joy and a new excitement in our relationship with you. I know things we have to go through and I know sometimes days gets tough and days gets long and we have to deal with all kinds of frustrations and and all kinds of things. But God, even in the midst of all of that, are we still honoring you? Are we still pleasing you? And I pray that we can say that tonight. I pray that you touch every man and woman here tonight, every family member. I pray that if they've had a tough week this week, oh God, I pray that you just set them back up on the path that that they need to be on. Help them to follow you and to trust in you. Wrap your arms around him, I pray. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.